I would hate to pass money on to my children um, and leave them a huge tax bill that they're going to have to pay uh, Uncle Sam for without them being prepared for it. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. That's well, another mailbag edition of Unlocking Your Financial Future. This podcast will take questions from you, the listener, whatever's on your mind, financial planning, retirement planning, social security, taxes, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're curious about, shoot us a question and we'll try to answer it on this show. We do so usually once a month and uh, that is our goal for today's episode. Ben, you ready to, uh, to dive into the mailbag and take a few questions? Oh yeah, these are my favorite episodes. Let's go. All right, let's start off with Marshall. Marshall writes in. He says, I have a variable annuity, and I just found out that the fees are very high. I'd like to move the money somewhere else, but I'd have to pay a penalty to take it out. Is it worth the penalty to get away from the high fees? Wow. Yeah, that's a good one to start off with. Uh, That one's going to really depend, uh, Marshall, on what the fee is. So again, this is where you're getting some of the issues with, is it a suitable transaction? You know, I'm wearing kind of my compliance hat right now that would um, deter me from saying, yeah, get rid of it because I don't like variable annuities because they're high in fees. But, you know, it's going to depend on that that cost. So if that surrender charge is maybe 1% or 2% um, and you can justify that with the movement of money, uh, meaning, okay, you're going to go put it somewhere else. Now, where is that going? Is it going to an A-share mutual fund where you're going to have to pay an upfront load or commission out of that? Or are we putting it into a fee-based account that's going to charge you 1%? Okay, well, let's weigh out the pros and cons here. If we're getting charged 1% in a fee-based account, your surrender charge is 2 but your internal cost might be 3 or 4% on that variable annuity for the next two or three years. It's going to make sense for you to move that. So I guess to answer your question, it's really going to depend on where that money goes. And then, like I said, weigh out the pros and cons. Okay, do the math on it. Say if I take the bite now of maybe 1% or 2%, where am I going with that money? What's that fee going to be for that versus what am I going to pay over the next you know, two or three years or however long you have that variable annuity for. Thanks for that question, Marshall. Obviously some things to consider there. Um, and as always, if you want to send in questions like Marshall, you can do so at bashrock-fg.com. Our next question comes in from Samantha. She writes, you Ben, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to our kids, but I can't decide if we should tell them about our plans now or just let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea what our net worth is like. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's going to depend on how old your kids are (laughs) and if they're still living at home. So you got to watch out for them. But no, um, good question, uh, Samantha. This one, I like to lean on the side of, you know, tell them what you have, okay? And mainly because of how wealth is transferred down to the next generation and how that change has happened. Um, And we talked about that change uh, not too long ago where they've uh, gotten rid of the inherited IRAs where you could stretch that over your lifetime. And now that's being paid out over a 10-year schedule. So if you and your husband have a lot of money in 401ks or IRAs and that's going to be passed on to the next generation, I think they should be aware of that so that they can plan to pay for those taxes or have a plan in place so that they know how to handle that so that they're not completely blindsided um, if something happens to you or when something happens to you. So I think it's fiscally responsible to plan for that or tell them that. Um, Now, granted, you might say, you know, disclose some of that or the important stuff that you want to disclose and maybe leave a little bit for a surprise later. But I think for the most part, um, you should let them know in advance what they could be expecting just uh, 
keep looking over your shoulder, I guess. <laughs> you don't want to leave them too much. <laughs> yeah. What do, what do most of your clients do in, in general? They, do they talk to their, their children about what they're leaving It's behind? honest. It's a coin toss, you know, yeah. and, and when they ask my opinion, I, I say exactly that. You know, I tell them, hey, I think they should know um, because they, they need to plan for it. Or, you know, I, I tell them, all right, at this point in time, if something happens at life expectancy, your kids are inherit, due to inherit this much of money, this amount of money, and it's going to cause this much in taxes. So do you think they should know about that? Absolutely. Or do you want to build build a plan to cover the tax for them so they don't even have to worry about that? Then a surprise is fine. So again, as long as we have kind of a, a solution to a potential problem, then you can do you can surprise them all you want. But I I would hate to to pass money on to my children um, and leave them a huge tax bill that they're going to have to pay uh, Uncle Sam for without them being prepared for it. Yeah, great question, Samantha. Thanks for uh, sending that in. Our next one comes in from Tom. He says, we have a lot of big travel plans once we retire, including destinations on all seven continents. Do we need to plan on having even more income in retirement than we have right now? Yeah, I mean, it uh, depends on what you're making now, but I think you, you definitely want to plan for um, increasing income. It could be something where we build a, a plan out to where we know um, when those travel dates are so we can increase income. A common thing that we like to do, uh, Tom, is uh, if you say you're going to Africa or, or it doesn't matter, somewhere outside of America and you want to go vacation there for a week or a month, whatever, um, it's going to cost you twenty or $30,000. But we know it's going to happen maybe in 2021 or 2022 for that matter. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll split up those distributions. And the common thing we do is we'll split it up. We'll take a distribution at the end of December and hit it again in, in uh, January from an IRA for that matter because you know, we have to worry about the taxes. So we can split your taxable income up over two tax seasons. So that's a really common thing that we do or we do for our clients or recommend for our clients um, as long as we know when those dates are or we know far enough out in advance and it sounds like you're doing a good job planning and knowing what you want to do so you know working with your advisor to let them know okay this is what I'm going to do this is my timeline they should be able to uh, show you a way to get that income going or get that um, that money out of your investments to pay for that is that a pretty ambitious travel plan seven continents do you, do you hear that a lot that seems like a yeah. pretty, pretty fun retirement <laughs> That sounds real fun. I want to go along with you. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've never had that one. So uh, congratulations if you're able to pull it off. And now I'm not a geography whiz, but is, is Antarctica a continent? It is. You know, yeah, it is. We can, you can, can you travel there? Actually? Yeah. My, uh, my brother's girlfriend, uh, this sounds like a, he said, she said, but my brother's <laughs> girlfriend and her, and her father actually traveled to Antarctica, um, earlier, I think last year sometime they, it, it took a long time to travel because you have to do a lot of it by boat. But they actually went and uh, and made that visit, so wow. it is possible. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it, it was really either at the time, but uh, yeah, you can do it. So pretty cool. Well, good That's luck, awesome. Tom, with that. Uh, send us some pictures, especially if you make it to Antarctica. We'd love to see how that looked. All right, uh, next mailbag question is from Leo. Is it wise to have a trust as part of my financial and estate plan? It seems that a lot of people I know have one. Yeah, um, a, a short answer is yes. I, I again, it's going to uh, depend on uh, my favorite answer. It depends. It depends on your situation, Leo. But I think trusts are, are very beneficial, and our estate planning attorney that we use would love me to to say that out loud um, again and again. So I think it helps a ton when it comes to settling an estate. It makes things so much cleaner, so much easier um, for your children to handle because everything is done per your wishes and handled in an appropriate manner that you were able to do something while you're in sound mind and create that plan 
to pass money on to the next generation. So I think it's very responsible to do a trust. It's just a lot of times you can get by without doing one. Um, so you might, might not have um, a lot of real estate or a lot of assets spread out all over the place. Your case may be pretty simple. I got an IRA that's worth this much money. I own my house, I own my car. You can get by without a trust by just properly um, titling those or you know making payable on death or transferable on death designations on those different assets or naming a beneficiary on your IRA. You know, common practice is naming a, a, a beneficiary, make your, your checking account payable on death to that next generation so that they can avoid probate at all costs. So I do think I like trust. I naturally gravitate towards them because it makes things a lot easier. I'm just saying you don't always have to have one. It just depends on your current situation and how difficult or how um, uh, crazy your plan may or may not be. Thanks, Leo, for that question. Again, reach out to uh, bashrock-fg.com to send your questions in to us for a future episode of the podcast. We'll take one more before we wrap up this show. Emily uh, says, when should I start focusing less on growing my money and more on protecting it instead? I plan to retire in two years and market volatility makes me really nervous. Yeah, I think you're you're at that time, Emily. I think we're getting close to that, that uh, last bit of your, your working years where um, our earning power is going to go down. So it might be time to start protecting some of that, if not all of it. So, and again, we don't have to get ultra conservative. We just might want to shift that into more of a, a dividend paying strategy or a little bit downsize your equity um, to maybe a, a different allocation as well and get some fixed income in there to get less volatility. So um, I think, again, your, your timing's probably you know, within two years because if we have a, a too big of a swing in there and we need everything that you have saved up to distribute the, the income that you need for retirement, uh, we need to protect as much as we, as we can or you know, I don't want to say get out of the market altogether, but um, you want to reallocate into less growth, maybe more value, more fixed income. That's a great question, though, for Emily. How many how many people are typically asking that question to you, Ben? I mean, it seems like most people are worried about growing their money and oftentimes uh, overlook that protecting step. Up yeah, I I mean, not a lot of people ask us that honestly. I mean, they come usually they uh, clients come in with um, you know four hundred one ks and they've picked a couple of mutual funds and they've just kind of set it and forget it. Which again, sometimes is the best way to do it. But your two years out is really that time. You know, even maybe a little bit before that. You know, we don't have to be all growth. Maybe we have. Uh, we carve out a piece of growth and we could still have some growth in retirement too, Ben. We could um, maybe carve out 20% of growth uh, of our portfolio to be more growth oriented and still generate income and some more safety with our uh, other portion of our portfolio. So you don't always have to get all the way out of growth. Um, it's just saying that we want to shift that mindset, not all growth. You know, Let's just carve out a little bit less uh, growth piece and go a little bit more value, more fixed income. Gotcha. Well, thanks for that question, Emily. And thank you for everyone that sent in a question to the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, if we missed yours, we will try to get to it on a future episode. And we'll do that again uh, and sometime next month. So keep sending them in. You can do so again online at bashrock-fg.com. You can also call the office anytime, anytime you have questions for Ben and his team at 330-473-1060. Also, like us on Facebook as well. You can send in your questions there, connect with us, uh, messages there on the Facebook page, uh, and let us know what you think about the podcast as well. So we'll close it out on that note. Thanks again for everybody that's listening, and uh, hit subscribe too, so you'll have the next one delivered to you. New episode every single week, and we'll look forward to talking to you again then uh, as well. So thanks, Ben, for your time again. We appreciate it.
investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc. and A.E. Wealth Management, LLC. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management and A.E. Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.